The archetypes are very important. There are so many, and we have to start reclaiming them for ourselves, rereading them, deconstructing them, thinking about what is it that we want, because these myths are not just belonging to Africa or India or Greece. I think they are the cultural legacy, the artifacts that we have of humankind. And they don't belong to men or women. We can decode it to suit our needs. And connecting with these archetypes, I think, gives a source of strength, a certain kind of an ancestry that is important, and a certain kind of a presence and being that's very, very important. I was told that there was this goddess. Her name was Dakshayani, Sati, Gauri. She has many names. And uh, she was the daughter of a king who, interestingly, only wanted to have daughters. He's this big, huge, powerful king, very rich. And what does Sati do? She falls in love with Lord Shiva, who is, a, you know, he just is, a, he doesn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Unemployed and unemployable also. <laughs> and uh, doesn't have degrees and is, you know, smeared with ashes, wears a tiger skin, roams around in the funeral ground. <laughs> and she marries him. He doesn't like it one bit, even though she's the favorite daughter. Then part two of this story <laughs> is that she marries him all right. And then part two, act two, we have the king having a huge feast, a fire ritual. Everybody is invited, all his 300 plus daughters and their husbands and everybody. The invitation does not go to guess who? Sati and Shiva. Because they are the poor relatives. I mean, who wants them, you know? Because who wants badly dressed people to come to this big, wonderful feast? And Sati waits for the invitation. She learns from all the sisters and the uncles and the aunts that, you know, all this is happening. But no invitation comes, no SMS, no email, <laughs> no nothing. And then, you know, and the husband says, don't go. We don't go to places we are not invited. She says, no, no, my father and mother must be busy. How could they forget me? I'm going to go. And she goes. And she goes. And nobody even is there to receive her at the door. Everybody's getting very wonderful seating. You know, she's put somewhere in the corner near the restroom. And then, you know, <laughs> nobody is there to ask about her. Nobody is there to do anything. And then not only that, the father gets up on the podium and denies knowing her and her husband and says horrible things about her. And then she realizes what a terrible thing she has done. She has, um, this is how the story was told to me, disobeyed her husband and gone against his will. And so what she does out of this anger and grief that comes is she falls into the fire of the fire ritual and immolates herself. Ah. Sati. No yes, good. Sati. A very gory story. And uh, then what happens is that Shiva, who is in meditation, intuitively understands because of the love for her and goes there in a rage, rescues whatever her remains from the fire and does this mad dance of grief where all her body parts 
fall on various places in India. These are what are called Shakti Pithas, where each place becomes a sacred site of worship. And uh, therefore, we should worship this goddess. In fact, the universe is a co-creation of both masculine and feminine elements. And we see this in this whole story very beautifully played out. In the tradition, we say that this whole creation has come about with the dance of presence and power. The presence is, has to include our presence, one's presence, because there is only one presence. And the presence is embodied as Shiva. And then Shakti or Sati is that power which creates. That's why she is, you know, disembodied as an entity, as an individual. And she populates the whole creation. She has, in other words, become the creation without really losing anything, because really, as a goddess, she is infinite, limitless. You know, we have to reclaim this myth, the sacredness of all things. Like, everything is sacred because the presence of the goddess is there. The presence of the divine feminine is in everything that we touch, in everything that touches us.